Hello everyone, and welcome to One Control Four Podcast, episode 179. Benjamin Yoder here today. Talk to you about video games, although literally no video game news. I went and looked at news this week and did not find a single story that I had any interest in covering. <laughs> um, I think part part of it's uh, due to you know Xbox Series X and PlayStation Five come out. Uh, you know, in the next couple days here, I think when it, by the time this goes up, I think in a day or two, the Xbox Series X comes out. Um, so maybe maybe that's why that, and we're getting into the holidays, so I feel like announcements slow down then too. So. Podcasts have been kind of up and down on what kind of content we're covering <laughs> during the thing. I did watch um, Giant Bomb. They did the Xbox Series X stream, but I kind of lost interest uh, probably about like 30 or 40 minutes in just because as far as I could tell, they were only playing previous gen games, which it was, it was stuff that's like, I don't know, like it's, it's older games are interesting to me, but it's just like all games that kind of happened in the last like three or four years. I'm like, ah, I've seen, I've seen enough coverage of this recently enough and, and just seeing them, you know, run on a stream, uh, slightly better is, is, is not really a huge thing for me. I mean, the backwards compatibility stuff is really cool. Just like watching other people do is kind of a, a different thing to some degree. Right. Um, that and like the, the 120 frames per second and, and, you know, 4k, it, it's hard to really, really get the ability to appreciate that um without the proper hardware to do so all right um one thing i've been thinking a little bit about recently is just like what does a 4k setup look like for me um i technically have a 4k tv it was a cheap one it's like a i forget what they the the manufacturer was but it was a cheap one uh vizio vizio is one and um so i I didn't really use it much though because my capture setup is 1080p focused so i can't really you know recording at 4k or or with hdr or anything like that so for me it's more than just oh i need to update my tv and then my console needs to support it it's also i need to make sure all the components between you know my my pc being strong enough to capture it the card inside my PC to capture it being, um, you know, capable of doing so. And then also all the bits and pieces in between, um, also being able to, to, you know, actually capture footage at 4k or something like that. Um, the real benefit I'd probably get outside of, you know, more recent games is, uh, I believe 480p content actually scales nicely into, uh, into 4k. And I I think, I think pretty much 240p, 480p and, I don't know about the case of 720p, but but 240p and 480p, I think those scale nicely into 4K. So there'd be like a, a slight improvement in that regard, but not so much that I think it would be any real, any real big benefit uh, uh, upgrading you know my my setup for 4K uh, without you know getting into the next generation of consoles kind of thing. So so we'll see. I'm definitely gonna get if I get an Xbox uh, Series X uh, or a, a PlayStation 5, I'll definitely get one that. Well, I guess PlayStation 5 only has one real skew outside of the disc discless model right but i'll definitely get one of the higher end ones but given that there's like no real games i want at the launch and probably for the next year or two gonna gonna sit back just kind of watch see how things go anyways i guess random talk about next gen consoles i wasn't really planning to do that but here we are i need to fill time anyways because this is a podcast that i'm just gonna be talking about random stuff so so yeah uh in terms of games i've been playing though um a lot of beat 'em up stuff though, but finally I think we're I think I'll be no longer be playing any more beat 'em up games. I think the last couple of weeks I've shown that 
beat-em-ups are not exactly my favorite genre, uh, but they are kind of easy things to just sit down and play through. Uh, so in that Capcom beat-em-up bundle, uh, we finished up Armored Warriors, which was kind of an interesting one. Um, it, it Instead of being like a character, I mean, it's still like the same kind of inputs where you're putting in like very Street Fighter-like motions uh, to, to do special attacks and things like that, and you're going and attacking things. But um, instead of like choosing a character and their special move set instead you would you would actually pick up weapons on the field that like switched out your robot's arms so you're like these big mechs and you'll switch out your arm with different weapons so they can be like a a drill uh you know like a, a beam saber uh it could also be like a, a grapple hook kind of thing you can kind of pick up enemies and throw them and each one of those uh uh, weapons have their own different set of moves that are really cool and then uh and there's also a lot of different moves you could do with it it was, it was probably the most expansive game i feel like in that beat-em-up bundle and probably you know I, again I, I didn't particularly love it but it, but in terms of the games that were in that bundle i thought it was probably one of the strongest just in the variety you had in terms of of, of gameplay uh, not only can you switch out your arm you also have like a gun on your back although i felt like shooting guns in that game did not particularly work super well i think it would have been better if like you could shoot your gun mid combo or something like that and not have a lot of delay but because you just kind of had to fire it separately from you know just attacking normally it, it really only came into play in certain situations but same deal there different guns on your back you know, machine guns, rocket launchers, flamethrowers. Uh, and then you can also switch out your legs. So you can have like a, a jetpack legs instead, or like a tank treads. And those come with their own special skills. So you can kind of like really just create this abomination of a, a machine, I guess, to some degree, uh, that kind of had a, a lot of different neat skills. That was, that was kind of fun. The only real problem is there's, there's a lot of weapons and stuff that are dropping on the floor but there's also a lot of enemies on the screen at once, and it's very hard to tell, um, you know, what what you're doing in the game because there's just so much going on. And then because you're just like constantly punching things, it's very easy to accidentally switch out your arm for something else because the pickup button's the exact same button as the the attack button. So so things like that are just kind of like it'd be nice if the game had like an extra button or if it required you to put in some additional inputs to pick up weapons or something like that. Um, I feel like most of those games of the Capcom beat up bundle probably could benefit from an extra button press or two, like the parry system in, uh, what was that game? King of Dragons. Like that would have been, I think if the, there was a single button that parried, it would have worked better than having to put like a combination of buttons in, but I'm not sure you know, if those were made for particular machines and what, what kind of setup they were, you know, what kind of button layouts they had and things like that. So maybe, maybe they're working within the restrictions of a preset machine kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so we finished all those up. The only thing we didn't play in there was Final Fight, but I ended up going and playing Final Fight with another friend, uh, but through Fightcade instead. Um, and mainly just because I wanted to kind of check it off my list. Also, they, they, they didn't like Final Fight very much, so I thought it would be kind of a neat thing to kind of sit down and just like see if it's any good with somebody. Um, and, and I think the, the general takeaway we had was like, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's a beat em up. <laughs> like like it is a solid one of those but it just doesn't really do anything special so it doesn't really stand out in any way um so yeah i don't know final fight was fine and then uh and then we also played teenage mutant ninja turtles uh turtles in time um which i i get the feeling that i i was missing like i think there's like a bunch of specials you can do in that game but i wasn't really i don't know i wasn't really none of them felt particularly enticing to use a lot of times i felt like i was often relying on like one or two skills in that game and there's also it was kind of weird because i think a lot of it wasn't button input based but like 
or like like you know doing street fighter motions but more timing based kind of things but i will say the animation's really nice there's a lot more voice work in there than i than i expected i like when you sit on the title screen long enough it like will go to uh i guess i don't know if it's random or one of the sections or what but one of the first ones we got was like uh one of the turtles like in the sewer riding on i don't know surfboard kind of thing and he like hits his foot and he just like screams out really loud ow my toe but there's no background noise or anything either so it's just this really like awkward exclamation that comes from the arcade machine <laughs> while it's while it's idling kind of thing so yeah but the animation in that game looks really nice i will say uh, i'm not a i'm not i don't really know anything about turtles teenage Mutant ninja turtles i watched a little bit of it as a kid but it was not something that i was like really attached to or anything i had like a little motorcycle that had a that had one of the turtles on there or something um so i, I didn't like i don't know much about that franchise nor am i like oh man shredder i think that's his name shredder I'm so glad I'm seeing Shredder in this video game or something something like that. I don't know. But it, it was fine. I, I enjoyed it. And I think if I had spent more time with that game, I'd probably start to enjoy it a bit more. I think that might be true for a lot of beam-ups. Like, if you're just doing the free-to-play and you're going to get a free play and you're just going to blast through it, you're probably not going to learn nearly as much as if you, you know, are coming back to it, you know, so every so often and just dropping in like a couple quarters and and just like you know playing it maybe not all the way through but you know playing it playing it with some friends and and just messing with it a bit you know from time to time so yeah we also we also played uh on fightcade uh g taste i don't know if i mentioned this last time we talked about uh fightcade but um g taste uh is a like strip mahjong game and and I don't know how to play how to play mahjong but I watched my friend play mahjong and it's it's interesting to see uh see those kind of things like like erotic arcade machines kind of thing like playing an erotic game in a public space seems like such a bizarre thing to me <laughs> like yeah I don't know there was when I was in Japan I went down went down a deep Osaka street and uh, uh sorry deep Dotonbori street I think is what it was um and and i walked into an arcade there that had like a bunch of just like strip mahjong machines uh and a bunch of old men just like smoking with cigarettes while they played strip mahjong and it was it was a it was an experience <laughs> i did not stay in there very long i just kind of walked through kind of browsed around and and walked out got got quite a few stairs i think while i was going through there so 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 yeah but the, the one complaint i have about g taste like in this in your weird sexy your I don't know I want to say weird it's your sexy mahjong game right but like in your sexy mahjong game you're supposed to be rewarded with sexy stuff right so like there's sexy things that happen some of them are more sexy than others it's whatever um but the final mission is like you play like a VR match against yourself cuz you're you're a lady also in the game um so you you play a VR match with your with yourself and when you beat yourself at sexy mahjong, there's nothing sexy that happens. It just is like you did it. You're the the sexy mahjong champion. <laughs> so yeah, G taste. We I'm I'm disappointed in you, but we didn't spend any money on you either, so it's it's perfectly fine. Or maybe it was an anti piracy move, and only if you're playing a legit copy of G taste do you get the final scene. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Uh, it was a fun thing to sit down and look at, just because it's it's so weird to see stuff like that. So, anyways, I may have talked about that in the past already, but this time we played through the entirety of G Taste. So, 
So, yeah. Um, the game I probably played most of this week, outside of just, you know, some of the usual stuff I'm still touching on, still trying to get through Xenoblade Chronicles X stuff. Uh, I didn't play much Solomon Program this week. I need to put more time into that demo and, and kind of try to wrap it up a bit. Uh, I think I kind of know everything mechanically about the game that I want to know at this point. Um, and I probably could go ahead and make a video, but I, I'd like to sit down and play some more time with it. And the real answer is that I want to un unlock more Toka doll girls in that game is the real answer. I want to get my dolls. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't know, like if that game's coming out in the near future, it might make sense for me to not spend a ton of time on this demo, but you know, if it's going to be a while, I'm, I'm not sure. So, Anyways, I also haven't looked to see if anybody else is covering it or anything. If somebody's already put a video out about it, I feel no real rush to. And even if somebody hasn't, I'm like, eh, I'll get to it. That I, I am not great at this, like, creating content with the intention of views and stuff in mind. So, so it's pretty rare that I actually make a good decision when it comes to when I put content out. So, so yeah, but the game I've been probably playing most outside of those is, uh, I started up left for dead with that same group. I was doing the Capcom beat em up bundle with, and, um, I played left for dead, maybe, maybe about 10 years ago. Maybe, maybe not at all. I don't remember when left for dead one came out, but I played it at my dad's house for a bit. Um, and and I thought it was fine. I mean, I, I didn't play it enough to really say anything about it. I just kind of was killing some time. Um, and and then at that time, I probably was not like thinking about writing anything about it. And and also, this just wasn't quite where my I, I hadn't gotten to the point yet where my entire brain was consumed by what am I going to say about a video game every time I start playing a video game. Um, um, so, yeah, we started playing uh, Left 4 Dead, and we're doing, like, the Left 4 Dead 1 content in there, so it's technically Left 4 Dead 2, but they put all the Left 4 Dead 1 maps in there, I believe, and, and characters and story and stuff. Um, and we were playing it on advanced mode, which is, like, the step up from normal difficulty, and I just was not... I wasn't having a great time with it, and, and there's a lot of things that I think are problematic with that game in terms of um, how it feels to play in a lot of ways and and i think this is very noticeable if you're playing that game in a way that you aren't distracted by other things so so it, it, if you don't know left for dead is big zombie survival horde kind of thing like you're you're running around with four other players co-op and there's a big wave of zombies that come you shoot them all and then you you go and do the next thing there's like some some randomness to it like every time the 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 zombie horde's kind of different the the type of enemies you encounter is kind of different and and so it there's, there's a unique challenge it feels like every time so not not every run is the same kind of thing right um and from a, like just the shooting feels really loose and like, there's not a lot of impact. Like, like when you shoot a zombie, it doesn't particularly feel good. Um, and there's a lot of times that the zombie will continue to move even if they're dead. And you just like, you're shooting them. You're like, I don't know if he's dead or not. He's still running at me, but he's like slumped a little bit. And it's like, and his like head's gone. Like, is he, a, is he going to attack me? It, it, there's a lot of just like small things about the game and how it feels. I think that I do not like, and, and I think it feels kind of bad in a lot of ways, but I think it's also kind of loose in a way, because um, because you are kind of whipping around a lot and and kind of, I feel like you're just like constantly trying to manage the situation that maybe having a lot of weight to your your shots and how you move maybe would be detrimental. So so it could be that this game is just really like you know trying to solve a problem um, by by having kind of this looseness and and 
So the first night we played it, we played through the first like mission or whatever, and I did not love it. I was not having a lot of fun. There's kind of also not enough to do with three people a lot of times. There's also some weird health mechanics in that game that I that are kind of interesting. There's like you can get knocked down three times and then you can get back up, but then you're like injured, and if you get if you bleed out enough, you have to, you can, like are limping. And and I think this is part of just like playing this with somebody who also has already played the game. They, they're just like feeding you a lot of information that is just like, okay, we're going to manage our stuff this way. And I'm just like, I, so you're like, you're playing by the rules of what somebody else has told you or something. And, and that's probably the most effective way to play the game. But it's just like, as somebody who has no context for the stuff, it's like, okay, you're going to, you're going to die. And then don't use your help. Don't heal yourself. Just die. And then we're going to get you back up and then just do it again. And then once you get back up, then, then heal yourself because that's when the health packs matter or something. So it's, it's a lot of kind of weird obtuse stuff with that. Um, but, but I don't necessarily have a problem with, with like a game differentiating itself from other shooters though. So I'm not particularly against that per se, but it, it kind of felt like we were over managing the situation a lot of times because advanced mode just was not hard enough. So, um, so I asked another friend about it and, uh, they basically told me that that game, if you're not playing an expert mode is kind of, you know, I almost went zzz, but, uh, dull. <laughs> I think they literally typed out zzz, but, but it's kind of dull. And so I asked, uh, my group the second time we played, we actually played two nights this week, if we could try expert mode. And I think that helped a lot because in expert mode, um, I feel like the, the, the weight of the attacks doesn't feel as important because you're too focused on, on what you're trying to do to survive in a lot of ways. Um, and so, so I think when, when you're distracted by, other more urgent things uh the the kind of the looseness of the game kind of feels less bad because you're not focusing as much on on kind of you know the individual zombie encounters you're having because you're just like constantly trying to push forward like just keep going do not stop just keep go going you know like and then just like do not let anything get near me if anything gets close to me just punch it i don't care (laughs) and and yeah so i feel like i feel like switching to expert mode was a good thing in that game because otherwise, by itself, I just, you know, if you're not if you're not being challenged, I think you have too much focus on the shooting part of it. And if the shooting doesn't feel good, then, then you know, I think I think if the shooting doesn't feel good, and then the gimmick is not really coming into full play because there's just not a lot going on. Uh, I think I think you really need to kind of focus it. And so being on expert mode, I think, helped focus that. Whether that, you know, should be the best way to kind of rate the game, I guess. Like, normally, if I'm playing a game, I'll be like, play it on normal because that's what most people are going to play. So that's how, like, I'll form my impressions. But at the same time, like, we're playing multiplayer and I don't have any footage of this and I highly doubt anybody needs to heal, hear my particular Left 4 Dead 2 thoughts in, in any kind of, like... <laughs> formal fashion so i doubt uh i doubt it really matters so i probably this will probably be the most you hear me talk about left for dead or if i have any real serious changes in my opinion or how i feel about that game uh going forward if we're on expert mode we might be playing it a long time because uh it is challenging and you do have to restart uh fairly often so maybe we'll get better maybe we'll make more progress but uh last time we did on expert mode we only got like half a level worth of progress in like two to three hours so <laughs> so yeah and that's pretty much it for multiplayer stuff a lot of multiplayer stuff um for my single player stuff i i haven't played too much off out of sight of what you've seen on stream like i talk, said xenoblade chronicles x and solomon program those things happened um um the big other things were room in the night sky which if you watched the 
um what's that what was that stream the the family pirate party stream which we did for halloween if you watch that stream i played a good chunk of room in the night sky then uh but i went ahead and played the the rest of it offline by myself there's probably about like two hours worth of grinding content of how how long the grinding takes in that game really depends on how familiar you get with the game's controls it, it, it's a very interesting game from a control perspective mechanically and i would say in some ways it's also kind of interesting structurally but it's almost kind of interesting structurally because there's almost no structure. So, <laughs> so it's just kind of like, oh, you can do these things. This is what you can do in this video game. Here they are. And then uh, you can do that if you want. Um, so I did a, I did go ahead and play through that. And uh, I don't really have any strong thoughts about that other than it's very much like... I, th I think the problem that game had, because if you go look at reviews of that game, it's very, very scathing in a lot of ways. I think it got a lot of, a lot of 1 out of 10s. And I totally understand, right? Um... You know, Dojin games are not exactly known for their quality uh, or their, if the English games are not necessarily known for their translations frequently, and that game has a pretty poor translation, uh, you know, they typically look really cheap visually, and they often don't have a ton of content, or the content they have is very dependent on you as the player finding the fun in that content or or finding a purpose with that content like if you if you were here like a year or two ago at this point um i played mochia girl which was a uh, a platformer for the nintendo switch that was like a dojin game and mochia girl's very a very cool game that i, I really like it's like you kind of like throw out this like mo mochi to like grapple the walls and pull yourself to the walls and like a lot of grapple games a lot of it comes down to like learning how that grapple works right and just being very effective with that to complete a level uh but it's a very time attack focused game so it is a game that you really have to be invested in you know spending a lot of time getting through levels because if you just beat the game it's like an hour-long game and that game is like 30 bucks so <laughs> i think with dojin games you always have to kind of come in with that expectation of you know it, I'm probably not going to get my money's worth in terms of the raw content here, but there's the potential you will find something longer term that you could be interested in. And I, I probably played at least five hours of Mochia Girl, I think. That sounds about right. Uh, but again, like you can play through the entire game in like an hour. So um, in the case of Room in the Night Sky, it's like a $10 Switch game. You can play through all of it in probably about 15 minutes. Uh, and then if you want to get the real like end game content kind of stuff, there's like two additional levels you can unlock. And you can have like an objective board that you can unlock everything from. I would say probably expect like two to three hours on that game. So still not very long. And, and for $10 these days for a downloadable game, that's probably pretty disappointing, especially the, the like the quality of it. But that's just kind of Dojin games, I feel like. I And I... I don't know how to put it, but like Dojin games versus Western indie games often feel very like very much like two different things to me. Like Dojin games often feel like somebody was curious about doing something. They kind of just built something out and then they kind of turned into a game somehow. Then we put an anime character as the main character and was like, OK, good to go. Dojin game. <laughs> that that kind of is what like Dojin games feel like. Like like when I played. uh Oh, shoot. What's that game called? Tama Walker. Uh, Tama Walker is not a video game. You just go around town and you just take pictures. Okay. <laughs> it's like, like, stuff like that. That Somebody just made something that at some point they decide, eh, this is good enough. <laughs> like, I don't even care if, if I finish this actual thing, it's an actual game. It's just, I'm gonna sell this now. Where, where I feel like with indie games, you're often, or western indie games, I guess I could say, because if you don't know Dojin games or Japanese indie games, probably should have said that a while ago. Um, but anyways, uh, western indie games, um, often feel 
like they are trying to create a game, create a product, something that, you know, you're going to sell to somebody and they're going to feel satisfied playing it. Uh, that's kind of how I feel about it, where, where Dojin games definitely feel more like just somebody messing around and if it sells, cool. But I, mean, I think that's kind of just part of Dojin culture in general. Like Dojin games have been a long, a long time and I think nobody really expected to make money off them usually. So I think the culture might just be different overall around that stuff. But here's me talking about Dojin game culture, Mr. American Ben, who can't even speak Japanese. <laughs> so, so yeah, that was something. Uh, and then we also played through Billy Hatcher on stream. We finished that up last week. Um, and, you know... I also played about an hour and a half of it this weekend, actually, too. I'm playing a bit offline uh, because there's additional, like like Mario games, there's a different additional objectives you can go complete and get additional collectible items. And and I'm really worried I'm going to struggle with this one if I try to make like a casual review because I I feel like my thoughts on Billy Hatcher are not complete and I don't know what is missing to complete my thoughts on, on Billy Hatcher. Um, it's nothing more that I haven't complained about than I, in the past so far. I think. I mean, the, I think the level design did improve to some extent. I had mentioned that that was a possibility last time because some of the levels I saw were kind of promising. Um, but a lot of the objectives, I think, are not great. Um, and and they copy and paste a lot of those objectives in a way that doesn't really make any of the levels feel particularly unique. And I also feel like the, the worlds themselves are just kind of hard to navigate to some degree for some reason. I'm not sure. This like, it's really hard to get a sense of space in that game. And I'm not, I'm not sure why. I think that's the problem is like, I think there's issues with the controls. I think there's issues with how Billy is handled himself, like the states he's in and what you can do out of those states. I think there's issues with the level design. And I don't know why those are issues. And it's just really frustrating because... I think because I wanted to like Billy Hatcher for so long, like, I mean, I, I only recently bought it, but it was a franchise that I was always franchised. There's one game, uh, but there's a PC and Mac port. <laughs> um, but it, it's a game that I've, I've always been kind of interested in, and it looks like something that would be interesting to me. It, and I, I mentioned this on stream before as well, where it's like, it very much feels like Mega Man Legends to me, where it's just like everything that you show me in, in front of me on Mega Man Legends should be something I like. But for some reason, just it just does not click with me, and I don't, I don't necessarily know why. Because all the pieces seem to be there, they just don't come together in a way that interests me. Which, as somebody who spends a lot of time playing games that often just have kind of pieces thrown about, and I'm like, I don't know, like this is a cool video game, like Room in the Night Sky, which may not necessarily be the hottest quality content out there, but there's pieces of it that are interesting and I think worth looking into. Um, it, it's, it's a little, it's, it, it stumps when, when one of those, one of these games stumps me, it's a little, a little concerning and confusing to me. So I don't know. I'm going to spend more time with Billy Hatcher. I may get all the red collectible star things. Um, there's also some downloadable GBA stuff that we didn't unlock on stream that I might go on my way to download because there's actually some interesting ones in there. If you didn't know, I did not. I was not aware this ended up in Billy Hatcher. There's a Game Boy Advance version of Nights into Dreams. I believe just the first level, and that was in Fantasy Star Online One and Two. I'm not sure if it's in any other Sega games, um, but if you if you downloaded it online from Fantasy Star Online Two from like a quest, uh, you could get on your GBA, and and then so that was something that it may be on the disc in Fantasy Star Online One and Two, but you needed to go online to download it. I'm gonna guess 
probably very, very likely it's just on the disc because of how old downloadable content worked. Um, and, and, uh, you could also get it in Fantasy Star Online 1 and 2 Plus on the GameCube. That does not need online connection for that. Um, it's like, there's like some, some merchant you can go on and do a quest with. I, I forget the name of the merchant though. Um, so, so that I thought was exclusive to Fantasy Star Online, but apparently it's in Billy Hatcher as well. So I've always been interested in going back and looking at that. Uh, the biggest problem being is I'd have to set up my, you know, GameCube to connect to a private server, which is totally possible, probably very easy, but it's just extra effort, right? Um, and then also, uh, you know, if I wanted to do Fantasy Star Online 1 and 2 Plus, uh, that's a very expensive game now. Um, I have not looked into how much a Japanese copy costs, but I get the feeling it's probably pretty pricey. I don't really need another copy of Fantasy Star Online either. It's not really something I need at the moment. So, so yeah, it's, it's, anyways, so I might, I might spend more time on that. And then we might play that Knights thing on the stream. Just be like, look at this thing. This is something, huh? Huh? (laughs) So, yeah. Also, a quick update on the on the PCFX situation. I talked a little bit about PCFX stuff a, a few weeks ago because I was like, oh, I'm going to start looking at PCFX stuff. Um, and I had bought some discs, some 650 megabyte discs to burn uh, Zeroi Gar to, which is like the top-down shooter. And I, I just cannot seem to get that to work. Um, so I don't know. I'm debating maybe going and buying some additional seven, like 700 megabyte discs, but I imagine, you know, the only really thing that I've changed between the last time I burned Zorigar and this time is the size of the discs. So maybe I'm just missing something. If you don't know, when I last burned Zorigar, um, all the cutscenes didn't work properly. I'd, I'd, I'd lose them and they'd like I'd just get like skip past it or the, the game would freeze on the cutscenes. So it may be Zorigar is a very short game anyways, and I've recorded a good chunk of gameplay for that game. Um, I may just go ahead and play that on emulator and just call it a day and be like, whatever, man. Uh, it does make me a little concerned about the situation with Farland story, if I'm going to be able to burn a English copy of that successfully and burn it in a way that I could actually play it properly. Um, I don't know. I don't know much about burning games and what causes problems with that. I do know there's a lot of things online you can go read and I've heard people say, Oh, that's actually true. This is not actually true. It's just, it's really hard to tell. Um, and I also got my PCFX mouse, but unfortunately the PCFX mouse stops working after three clicks. <laughs> so it was kind of fun to like sit there and, cl- you know, click around in first kiss story for like two seconds. And then after that, the, uh, the, the left mouse clicker stopped working. So on the bright side, um, the seller I sold to just went ahead and refunded it to me and didn't ask for the mouse back on the bad side. I got a broken PCFX mouse. Um, so I looked into it and I need to look at the website again. I can't remember the, the name, but, uh, they are, they're a pretty, pretty big resource on PCFX stuff. And they had a page that talked about the clickers on the mouse for the PCFX not working and the fact that both of their mice um, was it didn't work anymore. So I wonder if this is a common issue with this mouse. Uh, but he actually has like the components you need to replace it. Um, so I was able to order some of those. Uh, the big thing is, is that in his article, he did not talk about soldering, but I get the feeling that I got to solder some stuff on and I don't know how to solder. So I need to figure out the situation of how I get somebody one of two things either I can finally man up and learn how to solder or I could uh get somebody else to solder and figure out the best way to do that and I don't know I don't know the best way to do that to be honest with you I don't know the best way to reach out to someone about that so anyways 
that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. Uh, so what's coming up next? Uh, when it comes to the stream this week, I'm going to be playing just uh, a bunch of GameCube games. I ordered a bunch of GameCube games recently. And rather than do a pickups video, uh, because I have, I order too many GameCube games, um, <laughs> uh, I think it will be better just to go ahead and stream do a stream and just pull, jump around between some GameCube games. So I'll uh, I'll see if I can get a list or something so you can see what I've purchased recently and so we can poke around with that stuff then. Um, or if you have anything you want me to poke around with, you can let me know. Um, so so we're going to do that. And then after that, the week after this week, we're going to stream Industrial Spy Operation Espionage. I keep saying Espionage. It's because that's the Japanese name. But no, the English name is Industrial Spy operation espionage so we'll be streaming that as our next long-term game it's about a 20 to 25 hour game so it's gonna be one of those like month-long ones if not more also if you don't know i've been having some internet troubles recently so that's caused some problems with streaming a bit so we'll see how things go um I, the super mario land feature review went up last week the one thing that i kind of i went back and watched it um it, it had been about three weeks since i had finished it and then scheduled to upload the one regret i think i have already is I think I could have spent more time talking about what I meant by Super Mario Land 2 feeling more like a console experience. I kind of touch on the the basics of what I think, but it's just like very short and very brief. And I think in some ways it even feels just like a very awkward transition after that. So if I were to complain about one thing in that video, that would be it. But otherwise, I think it's a fun video. So if you want to hear my thoughts on Super Mario Land and specifically its level design, um, uh, cool. Yeah, cool you can go do that i guess <laughs> uh so i'll link that at the end of the video um and and then up this week i have a bionic commando um elite forces casual review going up so that's going up this week and that should be the last of the game boy trilogy of videos that come out we did uh we did doraemon 2 bionic commando rearm or uh elite forces and super mario land so the last of the 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 what's it called trilogy so yeah and then the, after that we'll have a uh room in the night sky after that and i think i'm probably going to work on a dragon mark for death casual review as well i don't think i have anything real i don't think i have really any real strong feelings about that game and previously i wanted to cover it um but the quick plays didn't really match what I how I would want to look at those games, I feel like. So the casual review format, I think, can fit that better. And I recently played it, so it kind of refreshed my memory. So I think that will be coming up sometime. And then the, the main content for December, I don't really know. Which probably, since it's already early November, if I don't really know, that might mean we might just not get a main piece of content. I gotta I got to evaluate the situation, evaluate what I need to do and how quickly I can do it. But basically, no, I have no plans for anything in December right now other than the fact that I probably should have something in early December. Uh, and then I also got to do the end, year of the end, end of year post. Um, I'm trying to figure out if I want to do that differently this year. I do like the, the end of the year post, but it's also very, very long usually. So I might try to divide stuff up into more end of the year content. Um rather than like just one big long post of stuff and see and maybe do like a split between video and audio or video audio and uh and writing because you know writing on my website has definitely not been a thing all this year literally the last article up there is the 2019 annual annual wrap-up so yeah article writing did not happen this year <laughs> So I would like to do more article stuff, but it's just, it's, it's very time consuming and usually does not get much 
eyes. Usually get a, a maybe like five to ten people look at it. And that's pretty much it. And then it just kind of falls off the face of the earth. So, yeah. Anyways, that's it for this week. Again, thank you for coming. OneControlReport.com. OneControlReport.com is the website. And I hope you have a great week. Bye.